Welcome back to Casting Confessionals. My name is Ellen Aguirre. I'm joined by my lovely Canadian co-host, Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. And today we are honored on the podcast. We have a former MTV Challenge champion, uh, the person with the most elimination wins on the Challenge All-Stars franchise, the last black male Challenge champion in Challenge history, Mr. Nehemiah Clark. You Ew. look lovely. Thank you. I need, I need, I need that every every room I walk into. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a megaphone in every room I walk into. It's gonna give me that announcement. That was awesome. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm professional hype man. Oh, <laughs> I like I, I've been the Nia like because I've been blogging since 2017, and I've been the Nehemiah hype man even before he came back on the show. Mm. And like I, you know, I would always do the list of like most underrated player ever, and like Nehemiah would be in the top five always. And mm. you know, but here's the thing though. And I've tweet I've, I've blogged about it in the All Star season since. You don't want to be underrated, my guy. You don't want to mm. be underrated because you're a star. You mm. are a badass. Underrated is the people that not you know like you people forget they're good. But on these challenge All Star seasons, you've proven you're just a legitimate top player. Mm. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. Oh man, it's um because you you do your whole challenge career before All Stars and no one ever brings up your name. You know, it's like you might get occasional. Uh, great people like you who will bring you up. But other than that, whenever the talks of, you know, great challengers came up, I was never in the, the talks or whenever, you know, Instagram people do their posts, who would be in your dream team? Like my picture was never up there and stuff. And, you know, it's um, it feels good to to finally be in the talks with people. So I appreciate that. It is almost like a thing where like nobody wants to get called overrated, but like at least it's like people think you're a top guy in that sense. Because, like, being underrated, it's fun, but you'd rather just get the paycheck. You'd rather just be on the poster. Uh, And I have to thank Nikki for setting up this interview with us. Nikki, give us your first question for Nehemiah. Okay, so I went, my question-wise, I'm going to go towards your music career. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I know. It doesn't hop right into the challenge. Whoa. Okay. I'm engaged. Who your, like, your dream collab is. So that's, like, producer um artist on the song and then like what record label you would want to be promoting it Mm, okay my dream artist to work with bob marley Ooh, love that that's a good one um that would have been an i mean just probably not even the project that we did but just the whole process of it just being there and being in his energy and like being around the whalers and being there in Jamaica on Hope Road, I think that would have been that would have been a dream come true. And then if I had to choose a record label, I would choose I would probably choose Def Jam back in the nineties. Ooh. Solid. I got a yeah. Def Jam poster like above me. <laughs> so. You have a who poster? I have a Def Jam poster. Like, oh, do you really? Way up. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, I would have been Def Jam back. Yeah, back in they they were the they were the ones that you wanted to be around. So I, great yeah, question. At the cases with the CDs, you try to rip them onto your iPod. It was. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> Sitting there burning the CD, and you had to wait for each song to go through, and you had to yeah. name them all like something underscore underscore. <laughs> Right, underscore confessional underscore podcast. My family wouldn't pay for iTunes, so I would just have to be like whatever music CDs they had. So I was like, I had a lot of Beck and a lot of B fifty twos and Weezer. It was like we're, and, but then we had the Def Jam stuff too. So you know, 
talk about Beck like, is awesome. Oh, Beck is awesome. Yeah. Weezer is awesome. Beck is definitely one of the the most underground artists who have done so much in the music industry. Um, sometimes get clowned a little bit, but um, yeah, I love Beck. That's like yeah. you. Oh, it is you like me. You're the best of the challenge. That is so. See, this is my favorite interview. So he, he won that. He won that Grammy for best album in like 20, like 14. And people are like, what? That was like you when you took the when you're like episode two All Star Studios. Like I'm, I'm the star of the show. King's Palace were running the place, and people were like, no, I'm not used to Nehemiah being the star of the show. He's the guy kind of. He's the guy I kind of like. I'm not ready for him to be the star. It was too much for people. It was too much for people, especially in that environment. Because look at look at who was on the other end. You got Darrell, you got Brad, you got Derek, you got all of these people who are normally the stars of the show. Normally, MJ. I mean, you watch MJ on the duel too. He ended up, and me and him arrived at the same time, but he ended up becoming one of the main characters. So I think it was uh, confusing for them at first. It was confusing. And I think when we're given something that we're not used to, we don't know how to take it yet. We're like, do I like this? I think I do, but this is just different. I don't I don't really know. And I'll say, like, you're someone who, like, your first four seasons and even your first All-Star season, what I always appreciate about you was that you kind of went to the beat of your own drum. Mm-hmm. You were like, I'm playing, I'm, I'm staying in my realm, I'm competing, I'm doing this. And it was something respectable, but you go, you go into All-Stars 2 and you're like, you know what? I'm taking control of my fate. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting an alliance. I'm I'm taking the game by the hand. And it was just like... Because you don't see a lot of people just dramatically change the way they play like mm. that late in their careers. I mean, obviously, you're still very young. You still look great. But you just completely change it up. Like, what was your mindset going into, like, All-Stars 2? Because we've, we've never really seen you play the politics that way. I think it was a few things. I think it was, one, knowing how good I could be at it, you know, Um but when I when I did season two, that wasn't my intentions. My intentions was to go in there and play the game that Yes played in season one. I was like, I'm going to disappear and I'm going to show up at the final and I'm just going to win and I'm going to take my money and go home. That was my game plan. But the game didn't work out that way. I mean, we saw from the first episode uh, when I went in and then I started being attacked from like at the nomination, because what happened was, is that. I went up to Derek and I went up to Ryan before anything. And I said, look, I'm, I'm going to say your name. I'm just being a man. I'm going to come up to you and I'm going to say your name. It's not going to be a surprise. I don't play the other type of game that a lot of people do. I'm not going to blindside you. But man to man, I'm saying your name. And so that's why they all went into the nominations heated, you know, and it was like they all were ready to come after me. So it it's always been there. But. I'm happy that they brought it out of me, you know, because it's like one of the things that I wanted also was for minorities to be shown in a different light. A lot of times on these shows, um, we're just commentary. You know, we're just a few comments here and there where we either make people laugh or, you know, like they'll throw our little interviews up here and there. But you never really see minorities in a position of doing anything political. You never really see minorities doing anything when it comes to alliances. You never really see minorities dominating the challenge. You just don't get that. And I think that is something that, especially for the young kids who they need to see heroes in different lights. And I think that's the reason why the movie, you know, Black Panther was so huge, because we got to see something that we didn't really get to see ever. And for me, it was bigger than myself. It was like. There's going to be people watching this. And that's the reason why I did the King's Palace. And it wasn't even about the alliance. It was more so about us using better terms to call each other. 
You know what I mean? Using words to uplift each other. Look, we're not going to use the N-word in this setting for a few reasons, but I'm going to call you what I call my people out there, and that's king. So now when you see me, we're going to address each other. We're going to uplift each other. So now when these kids watching it, they have different people to look up to other than rappers who are using the N-word saying, bitch, this and this. It's like, no, now they have different role models to look up to. So to me, it was it was bigger than myself and bigger than the game that I was playing. It was about who I could potentially influence in a positive way. I love that so much. I'm all for like help out your like like your fellow people, like lift Mm -hmm. up people's crowns. When mm-hmm. they start to fall. Mm-hmm. That was like a very common phrase I had with one of my best friends before. Like when he was like seeming down or like not on his like usual path that he should have been going on. I'm like, mm-hmm. but your crown's falling. Let's pick it up. Mm-hmm. That's so. huge. I, I li- I'm going to start using that. I'm going to use that. I really like that. You are. You're more than welcome to. I, <laughs> I support. Gosh, that was, that was not an answer I was anticipating, but it was fantastic and the camaraderie and the support you guys had for each other were, I think, like, I, I appreciate it too, because, like, the way you got, like, the way you played the game was that you were willing to take a bullet for any of your teammates, any of the people mm-hmm. in your alliance. And that's where I'm like, people are like, oh, well, they're rubbing the people the wrong way. It's like, no, they have trust. Mm-hmm. And they're showing 110% trust to one another. Where, like, there's no fear that they'll snake each other. And, once, and we, like, sometimes those strong bonds matter more than having a bunch of different deals. 100%. And you hit it on on the head because what we wanted to show is is like first of all who created this template that in in order to be in the challenge you have to be sneaky you have to be a backstabber you have to be this we didn't that wasn't what we created we've allowed these people to come in and dictate the game we've allowed the Johnnies and all of them to come in and say it's okay to stab a friend in the back but in reality that's not how I get down so I wanted to show them like look. In real life, I stand next to my people. So when we get in this game, I'm going to do the exact same thing. And the reason why it's rubbing you the wrong way is because you're running around scared to talk about your friendships and your alliances. I'm not. If this is who I'm riding with, this is who we ride with. And if we don't make it, we don't. And if we do, we all get to eat together. So to me, it was important for the world to see, like, stand by your people no matter what you go through, because at the end of the day, that's more important than money. And values will always last longer than money. That money is going to get spent, but your values dictate the type of person that you are and the type of life that you live. So that's what I wanted to show. I wasn't with the strongest competitors. I didn't do what most of them do where they go in and line themselves with the strongest people. I was with Tech who had never only elimination he had been in is the one that I sent him home. Letarian didn't make it to hasn't hasn't made it to a final, you know, so it was like I didn't go and align myself with the people I could have. I went and I aligned the people that I liked and I was like, look, let's let's do this together however we need to. It was just so much passion and like care for one another. It, it was I loved it. And you and Melinda, my God, like I because I, I was doing the recaps this season. I'm like, I don't really know how this pair will do. But you guys had so much chemistry and you guys had like, obviously you guys are friends, but you'd never worked together in a game like that. And you guys were just clicking and so supportive towards one another. And you go into that final where like your gauntlet final, like I'm not trying to crap on it, but that was like big, easy dying. And you were part of a team. You'd never been in a final quite like that. And Melinda never been in a final either. So and the way you guys just like beat Darrell and Janelle in like part one, which was 95 percent of the final and you beat John A and MJ. Dude, you guys, like, you guys get lost, she hurts her ankle, and still do it? I was just so impressed by you, too. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. It feels good to be recognized. Melinda is, um, we have a bond. And season two for me was just, I think it was, it, it did every, like everything that you're saying is what I was hoping people would get out of season two, is that the same faces don't always have to win. There's other people who can be strong. There's other people who can overcome adversaries. There's other people who are strong competitors. And we got to show that because, like you said, Melinda had never been to a final. I hadn't been in, in one in years, but we were able to come together and draw on each other's strengths. When I was weak, she was strong. When she was weak, I was strong. And that's what a partnership's about. It was yeah. beautiful. I think that makes for better TV than a lot of the people that come on the show and they, they think that just the blind sides and, you know, the messing with their friends is something that will get them on another season or like, oh, this will make for good TV. But it's it's not about that. <laughs> I don't think that makes for good TV. I don't think it makes for like, I mean, I enjoy the drama. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think that I take more from a show when I see that there's genuine connections between people because I can relate more to that than like, you know, trying to up my Instagram following. Right. And that's, that's huge because um, that speaks volume to the person that you are and the values that you have, because then it, it reflects in the type of content that you allow yourself to absorb. And we have to look at the content. We all love drama, right? But when we're sitting there and we're seeing, one of these characters, a male character, bad mouth a female character just to get a rise out of her. Like, I don't want to see that. To me, that's a difference. I don't want to see no male getting excited after this female has just cried based off of the things that he just said to her, talking about this is a mental game too. It's like, yeah, it is, but you don't have to do those things in order to beat your to beat your the person mentally. And also as a man, you should never even be trying to beat a woman mentally when you're not even competing against her in the final. It's a male and a it's a male and a female winner. So why are your why is your energy even going there? So to me, like I hate watching that. And I, and that's the reason why sometimes I can't really tune in because I'm watching I'm watching some some very bad people do some very bad things that to me isn't entertainment. Ah, man, I I watched those old seasons and like the way like you obviously like kept to your own self, but the way you're treated on some of those early seasons like really would always rub me the wrong way because I feel like you were very much like I like I'm like Nehemiah was spitting facts like before people even know like there's the stuff from Real World Austin with like the war and stuff and because I, I, I here's the thing I watched that season in like 2017 and I went into the online forums to see what people were saying back then. And people were hating you. People were hating mm-hmm. on you for, like, the stuff you're saying about the war. I'm like, he was a thousand percent correct. Like, what's going on here? Um, you had the stuff where, like, obviously that mob alliance just wasn't, because you weren't eating their ass. You weren't eating the, the 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 Johnny and the Kenny and the Evans. You, I mean, you literally got cheated out of an elimination on the duel, too, with Evan. I just want to talk about that. Because mm-hmm. that's, like, one of those moments in challenge history where it's like, you were beating his ass in that elimination. He cheated, and he goes on to win the season. Mhm. Ah, oh, man, it's um. It takes a it takes a different type of person to be to go the path that hasn't been taken yet. And I've always been that person in regular life. You know, um, I didn't have parents growing up. I've had to overcome so many odds. So the universe prepared me for that situation. So now when I'm in these house with these people, there is nothing that they can say or do to break me. 
not one thing. And I stand for a specific demographic. I stand for the people like that. They speak to a, a certain type of demographic, but I speak to another one. And when I did my real world and when I did these shows, I was very outspoken and a lot of people didn't like it. I mean, now when we look and what they're saying about, you know, the war and stuff, they're saying what I said back then. But I got in trouble for it. But I was the first to say it on national television. They didn't like it. Um, when I brought meditation and sage to, you know, the duel, too, I got made fun of uh, MTV kind of allowed all these cast members to do all this commentary about me that made it look like I was a joke. And they were saying Nehemiah is doing this weird stuff and I don't really like him and he's a fun sponge and all of this stuff. But we look now and what's the world at right now? We got Puff Daddy talking about energy and all of this stuff, the same stuff that I was talking about back then. I had Sage when no one even knew what it was. I was writing affirmations on my door on the Duel 2 and no one knew what it was. So I've kind of been prepared to be, you know, um, to take the beating for everyone that's going to come behind me. And I'm okay with that. So, you know, when people talk bad, I didn't do it for them. I did it for (laughs) y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like people were talking bad. That wasn't for you. Um, it was for the people who understood it and, you know, watching Evan um, cheat on an elimination and not really be penalized for it. It's OK, because I feel like all of these things that we go through when we're in the moment, it could seem bad, but they all they all come to a moment where it, it all had to happen that way. And I had to lose to Evan in those situations. I had to be belittled. I had to be all of those things. So when I got the call for all stars one and two, I could be the person that I needed to be based off what I went through. I'd already I've already been criticized by everyone. So now I could fully be myself, you know, Um, and for all of the people out there who are afraid to be yourself, you use me. Use me as that catalyst. That's what my character on the show is for. It's for those people um, who need a role model who's willing to stand up against people who call them weird, who call them outcasts. And on season two, I talked about it, about when I did the King's Palace, how they all came after me. And they were they were actually all mad that I was calling them kings like it was um, it was on there. They, They were upset. And that's that was one of the things that when we were at the restaurant, when I got upset with Brad. That was what it wasn't shown. They thought that they they were making it look like I got mad at Brad for throwing me in, even though we were friends. But that wasn't the case. I was upset because they threw me in and Brad threw me in because people were feeling uncomfortable about the term king. But one, he never came and talked to me about it as a friend. And two, when he was in Kansas City, I explained why I used that term to him outside of the show. So that was his moment to be like, hey, look, guys, Nehemiah explained this to me months and months ago i understand it may make you feel weird but this is what he explained to me this is why they used the term so it was a moment for him to be a catalyst versus just falling into the yeah you're right maybe we should throw him in because it's making people feel uncomfortable but um when we feel uncomfortable about other people's actions we have to look at ourselves and understand why we have to understand why because what it means is that there's a reflection there and when, when someone's actions bother us, it's either one of two things. It's either because there's a trait in them that we've been wanting to correct about ourselves or there's a trait in them that we've been working to get up to that we haven't done it yet. So it stirs an emotion inside of us. And a lot of people can't see that. So when I talked about loyalty and stuff, it made people react. Well, why are you reacting to that? It's because of the way that you're playing this game. I didn't even say your name. But it's because the way you're playing this game, so your gut feeling 
it did not align. So that's the reason why you feel a reaction from this. So that's why it's important to understand that everyone that we meet is a tool for us to grow. And if we meet a stranger, we watch someone on TV and it evokes an emotion inside of us. We have to look at what that emotion is and why is it invoking something inside of us. And we have to self-reflect in that moment instead of projecting. Wise words from a wise man. Gotta say it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to go deep on y'all. No, I'm sorry. No, I, love I, love it. It. I, I love it. My question is fair. You went the whole way. It was, it was, it's good stuff, my guy. And then it's funny because I'm like, all right, let's segue into like, let's talk about All Stars 3. <laughs> I'm like, because, you know, obviously the big element you come in those first two seasons, you're your own guy. And Wes gets thrown into the equation. And that's like the tough thing where you guys are best. You guys are like legitimately best friends. And it's like, you can't pretend you're not best friends. He has his own character. You've developed your own character on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's a, it's a lot to the equation. It's it's a weird it's a, it's a it's a weird equation because it's like um like you said we both have different characters and we both have different uh, games and we're both so close it's like how do you make that work in this setting you know and uh, we tried to do it our hardest and I think that we succeeded because I got to run the final with them and uh, one of the one of the things that you want to do in the show is just run the final with your friends and to be able to do that two seasons in a row. To me, that's the win. That's the win right there. And to do it at my own accord, because we've seen what happens sometimes when Wes is on the game, he can he can turn people to play his game. And the closer you are to him, the easier it is for him to get in your head and to play his game. But I didn't allow that. I didn't allow that. I played my game and it was such a it was such a great experience because I got to play my game. I got to allow him to play his game and we got to do it together without it causing any problems or friction. Yeah. I, I love that. And mm-hmm. I wanted to know with All Star Street, did you think that Derek was going to like bring that, the drama from season two into season three? Like, did you think Actually, he was going to hold that grudge? I, 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 what we need to ask, what we need to know, is the Derek stuff real? Because I think that's what everyone, we have, we just like, we know we've seen you in Elimination. We know we've like, you guys, but like, is it real? Is that like is it like that's what everyone just wants to know? Like, is there actual animosity? Okay, so um, I'll answer. I'll answer the. It's it's a two part question. Um, the grudge isn't real. It's more. It was more of a competitive grudge, right? Okay. It was more of. Um, he came up to me on season two at on season one after my win against Tech, and he made a comment under his breath. He was like. You had a good win against Tech yesterday, but um, I have to show you that the big dog really runs this show. And he said something like that to me. And I'm thinking to myself, let's do it. Let's play this game. Like, you don't know who I am. So then it became a you come after me in a competitive type way. I'm going to come after you. And then when he shook my hand and then voted me in uh, on the last elimination against Easy, that's when I was like, oh, this is a real challenge grudge not an outside grudge because if i see him out we're gonna have drinks together that same time he got eliminated and we ended up in the same hotel so me him and the seller are all in the same hotel and we're drinking like we're having yeah he was like trying to apologize to me and i'm like look it's water under the bridge like it's done i haven't i don't hold a grudge but season two came around and i thought that we were going to be cool and then when he tried to pull the things about getting me to go in against steve and didn't even put the name up 
and trying to trying to get the house to vote Steve in against my wishes, that's when I was like, oh, we're still doing this. Well, let me show you that I could play a political game way better than you could. So I actually orchestrated the whole plan to get him thrown in. And to me, I don't care about the world knowing. I care about results. You know, there's some serial killers who kill just because they love to kill. And there's some serial killers who kill because they need to be on the front page of the newspaper. I kill just because I love to kill. So Steve, I let Steve take I let Steve and Casey take all the credit. I didn't care. I didn't care. Y'all take the credit, but what's happening is still happening. And I pulled all the strings to get him thrown in. And I was like, now we're even. Now we're even. So when season three came, and this goes to your question, when season three came, I thought we were chill. Season one, you threw me in. Last elimination got me out. Then I threw you in season two. We're even now. We're even. We should. This is dead it now. But then when he started throwing his 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 things on me and the trivia Dustin was like, oh, hold on. Now you're now you are interrupting my gameplay. So now it's like. You are using me as whatever, whether you don't want to get other cast members mad or whatever, but now you are standing in the way of me winning. So you are officially a competitor, like a grudge against me. So we got to talk this out. If we're going to battle every single time we see each other, then let it be known. But I'm not going to not come at you while you're coming at me. And then we got the pole wrestle. And then we got the pole wrestle. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I, need, I need to set that up a little bit. So you've been coming on the show for 16 years. You never got a headbanger. They never gave you a headbanger. They give you the guy who's been in a pole wrestle. I got to say, he was like, he called you weak. I, my friend, like, like two weeks before, had sent me a photo of you and Brad together. And we all know, bionic Brad, gigantic dude. You are about 85% as Jack. 90% as Jack is the guy that's gigantic, who who literally lives in the gym. Like if you had, if you called him right now, Brad's in the gym. <laughs> Even his beard has mine. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like this guy. I'm like, you're looking at Nehemiah's arms, and like, you're not the biggest guy, but your arms, my guy. <laughs> they they never gave me a headbanger because MTV doesn't have the insurance for it. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have the insurance for what I would do to some of these people. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it goes to show, you know, like when you practice a martial art, one of the first things that they say is to never underestimate anyone, anyone. And if you ever train, whether it's jujitsu, whether it's MMA, whether it's boxing, you get humbled and you get humbled by people that if you saw them in the street in your mind, you think that you would just walk all over them. And then you step into that ring with him and you see, oh, no, this is a a monster. You understand monsters come in all shapes and sizes, (laughs) They come in all shapes and sizes. And I think that Derek should have been the first one to recognize that because they underestimated him in the gauntlet, too. And he had to prove himself and he had to show that his size didn't matter. So I think that if anyone should have known not to underestimate anybody, it should have been him. And he did the wrong thing. And. The world got to see how much of a monster is really in me, because if we look at any of his other competitions, no one has ever done that to him, ever. No one. West didn't do that to him. Joss didn't do that to him. No one. No one has ever done to Derek what I did and made him look easy. I didn't even change my face the whole time. There was never a time when I was like, oh, this is tough. So 
I, I want everyone to be on notice. Like, just because they haven't given me a hit banger doesn't mean I'm not prepared for them. Oh, you watch him like a dog. It, <laughs> I'm sorry. You won that elimination. You, as you said, it was easy from the jump. You dominated him. And my favorite part is you had three people: John A, Naya, and Wes. Who sounded like eight billion, like a crowd of eight billion people? They were going so off for you, and I, I took a photo. There's a moment where they literally all jump in unison. <laughs> that moment you ripped the pull away. I love you gotta it. send me that. <laughs> you gotta send me that. And it's funny because let's look at, let's go back to season two. No one was cheering for me. <laughs> no one was cheering for me. They all wanted me out, so um, it was, a, it was a good transition, and um. Naya's support, Johnny's support, and Wes's support. It was uh it meant the world to me. And I also I, I had Brad's support and I had uh Mark's support, you know, even though they may have been closer, but it was just such a, a it was such a good group. That last group that that the last stand in six of us, it was such a good group. So, you know, I'm thankful that it was still us at the end. Oh boy, man. Your life, man. You because you obviously you've done so much stuff outside the show. You know, you weren't on the show for a decade and then you come back and now you're doing podcasts like this. You're you did three shows in a row. You're doing events. How is it like to like your life? Obviously, isn't the challenge, but the challenge is a big part of your life again. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it, it was such a I was so far removed from it, you know, but I still been in the film industry. I still been DJing. I'm a professional DJ. I, you know, these whole I was doing MTV Spring Break. So many so much stuff I was doing in between. So it. Even though I was away from the challenge, I've still been in the entertainment industry. But coming back to it now, we got to think like my last challenge, there really wasn't social media. I think it was just uh, Twitter, maybe at the time. So there wasn't Instagram. There wasn't any of this. So coming back and then now you have, you know, a first you're dealing with fans firsthand. So that that was new. You got to remember, I think uh, I forgot what challenge it was. But in order for fans to talk to us back in the day, they had to go to the MTV website. They had to log in. They gave us all usernames and then they would send us messages there. And that's how we interacted with them. Like That was how we interacted with them. So um, I'm so, so fortunate to be able to come back at this time in my life. I have no kids. I have no woman. I have a dog. But I'm only 40 percent physically where I can be as a competitor. And that's a that's a dangerous place for some of these other people because I'm 40 percent, but I'm able to to battle with some of the, the top competitors of all time. So I'm just I'm just excited to see what happens when I get 60%, 80%. And if I'm still around to do it, like what does that look like as me as a challenge competitor? Have there been talks with you and the main show where, you know, maybe you do season 39? Because I think physically, like, I'll be honest, the All-Stars cast, I'm not saying like you have to go down if you're in the Like the cast is looking weak. I'm like, you could dominate, win that million dollars real fast, in my opinion. I mean, look at season three of All-Stars. That was not an All-Stars cast. That was a regular challenge cast when it comes to the male side. Every single one of them. When you're looking up and you got to think about who to go against, you can't even think of anyone. Like, that's how bad it was. There was no layups. But there has been talks about potentially doing, you know, the main challenge. And I'm all for it. I would love to test myself against them. I I like how long the filming is for All-Stars. I like that better. Um because it's easier to uh, come back to regular life, but yeah, let's do it. Let's let's go against some of these people because I'm still a I'm still the same age as a lot of them actually. <laughs> like yeah. it's funny. I'm like 
I mean, CT's in his 40s and stuff like that, and he won. And I, Johnny's, I don't even know how old Johnny is, but definitely closer. But I'm only 36. Like so, knows. like, anyone knows, right? Clark just won the most recent season. She's new, but she's like 34, 35. You're like around the same age. I mean, even though I'm 36. I'm 36. I'm still yeah. young in my prime. So, yeah, I would love to do the main show and I'm getting better every single day and I don't post my workouts. And this is this is why they all mess up, because like Derek's like, I see I see Wes in the gym more than Nehemiah. That's by design. We're, what was I doing when Wes walked in the room? I was working out. <laughs> I don't work out in the gym. You know why? Because all of you sit and you watch. And you take notes. And I learned that on season one. I was working out around breakfast time. And no one cared about working out until they saw me working out. Then here comes Derek. Then here comes Darrell. And I'm like, hold on. I don't want to be motivating them to work out. No, I don't. So I changed it up. And I started waking up early. When everyone was asleep, I would work out. And then I would meditate. And then when I was done with my morning routine, they all start filtering in. So season three, between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m., I got my workout in. I got my tea in. I studied the boards in the kitchen. And I had a couple of conversations with the early risers. And then I was chilling the rest of the day. Is that like so on that note of the main challenge, is there like oh the main show? Is there anyone that's like been in the newer seasons that like you think you could, I don't know, also dog walk? Hmm. Oh, man. I got a few in mind, but <laughs> I want to hear yours. I want to see if they match. <laughs> I want to see someone. I want to see someone like drag Fessy across a, an mm. elimination ground. Mm. Me and Fessy, that would be a tough one. I think I think that um, I think people would be surprised at the fight that I could give Fessy. I think they probably would be surprised at the fight that I would give someone like Nelson, who's a monster in the eliminations. Oh, you two. Um, yeah. That would be that would be. I want I want to see that headbanger. I was gonna say Josh, but then I was like, no, that's too easy. It's a chihuahua versus a pit bull. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I'm, I'm on a different level, and um, I'm on it. That's why, like, my like what I did to Derek that comes because I was a wrestler in high school, and I do jujitsu and I do that. So he had no like. That's the reason why I was able to position him and toss him around the way that I that I was able to. And I always used to think, how could I do in pole wrestle? I was like, I would. I used to want pole wrestle back in the day, either pole wrestle or ball brawl. Those are the two that I've always wanted because I'm like the skill set that I have. I'm going to do what Rogan did to Jay. You know what I mean? I was like, give me Rogan in in the ball brawl. Y'all want to see y'all want to see something tough? Give me Rogan in ball brawl or give me Rogan in hall brawl. I guarantee I guarantee you it'll look different than Rogan and Nelson. I I guarantee you. I would love that because I mean I would tweet this to to Rogan, but he blocked me. So <laughs> he blocked you. He blocked me because I saw a picture of him that alluded to him not being as big in all his parts. Oh, like he had a and small I, penis. Yeah, and I I just tweeted the little shrimp emoji, and then he blocked me. And I Did was he? like, okay, that I would have blocked him? you because. I would have blocked you because I can look back at your tweets and see how many times you like you've used the N word. So. Oh, that yeah, we have a lot of them back. That oh, can call get that blocked. out. We got a lot that can. I mean, Johnny. Everyone knows Johnny has a baby dick, and he's been okay with. Show, he's been, <laughs> he's been okay. So, yeah, you know what I mean. Got the little, boop, you know, and um, <laughs> so you know, I mean, this is it's all right. You have muscles, Rogan. So. Don't come out of the water in a speedo then if you don't want people to focus on that area. 
You know what I mean? Like there's certain things that you could do to make people look up at your eyes. Like me, I don't ever put really shirtless pictures up online. You guys notice that? Like you don't see if you go down my feed, there's nothing. I have clothes on every single one of my pictures. I'm not trying to put attention to my parts. So he's always naked. Someone's going to point it out. <laughs> he, he is an exotic dancer, though, no? He's a stripper? Yeah. 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 You know what? Your profile pic right now on Instagram? Leather jacket, turtleneck, literally could not could not be more clothed. Could not, could not be a more clothed human right now. <laughs> I'm like a nun on Instagram. <laughs> Dress like you're in a confessional for spies, lies, and allies. They all have that same turtleneck on. Right. The turtleneck with it. They were passing it around. They all had the turtleneck with like the suit jacket. Hey, All Stars like one, one was first. That's me and Maya walking in. They're like, that's fresh. I need to look like that. I need that look, you know, and it's really the rock look, you know, the, the 90s oh, yeah, look with yeah. the rock with the fanny pack and the blue jeans. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the look that I was going for. Kansas City is cold, so some people can't pull off a turtleneck. So, you know, that's why I was like, give me the turtleneck. Give me the I, turtleneck. Yeah, I'm Canadian, so I'm always rocking one. I mean, it's summer here, so. That's true. The Paul Russell surprised me, but like, I... I Wes is my guy. Wes is a guy I email. Like, like I interviewed Wes a couple years ago, and like I thought it was gonna be a 15 minute phone call because I was transcribing it to a blog. My guy keeps me on the phone for 90 minutes. He's like, no, 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 it's a good. Like, the, he's like, the night breeze is good. Let's keep talking. Let's keep talking. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm like, dude, this is gonna take me five hours to transcribe. <laughs> but like, Especially with Wes talking. <laughs> no, but I email him like after because like I I had gotten episode one of All Stars like 10 days in advance. And so I watch it and I can't talk about it with like anyone, but I, I do talk about it with one person. I email Wes and I'm like, did you teach Nehemiah how to swim? How is he this good in the water? And it just, you keep like surprising me with stuff you can do. Like, I was like, like, cause you, I mean, that opening challenge, man, like that was one of the hardest challenges ever. And you and yes, just killed that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it just goes back to the world, not, not seeing and knowing what I'm capable of. And a lot of that is me, you know, um, I don't, I don't blame editing. I don't blame any of that. When I was first given the opportunity to do the show, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to train. I had no idea what I was getting myself into and and also the platform. I was never fortunate enough, like a lot of the other cast members to do back-to-back challenges. Most of my challenges, there were seasons and seasons in between. So I never even got into a rhythm with doing the challenges and one of the biggest things that can push you into challenges having experience in it oh i've done something like this last year so i have a better knowledge because it's not stuff you can work out in the gym so i think for people it was like oh man heights doesn't bother him swimming doesn't bother him like okay this is going to be a problem um now because i see i see the um i see how privileged i am to have this opportunity and when I looked back and I got called for season one, I looked back at all the seasons and I was honest with myself and I said, Nehemiah, watch this. Did you give it your all? No. What about here? Did you give it your all? And I was like, no. So I went back all of my seasons and I asked myself, honestly, did I give it my all? And if I would have never get this opportunity again, was I happy with how I left it? And the answer was no. I was not happy and I was not satisfied because I knew I could be better. And that's what that's what everyone's seeing on All Stars. It's me taking it serious and just working on being the best version of myself uh, for everyone watching, for all the people support me and also just myself.
I, yeah, like the challenge really is the challenge in a lot of ways where like it challenges your weaknesses because like if you look like you have a deficiency in a certain part of the game, people will call you out. Mm. And that's where I think on All-Stars 3 you had that respect where I think you even mentioned it. You're like, I'm not winning these daily challenges, but people know I'm not someone you could throw in and beat in this game and this game. Like I'm not going to be the weakest in puzzles. I'm not going to be the weakest in this. I think the only person who thought you were weak was Derek. And I think part of that is the fact that Derek had an image of you from the show where you're getting portrayed on the duel two and stuff like that. And it's just like, no, that's not who Nehemiah is. Like this is mm-hmm. the guy who's racking up eliminations and daily wins and killing finals. And I think, I mean, you, you served him up. He, he needed to be served up, you know, like we're all vessels for each other. He was a vessel for me in that moment. He uh, provided the platform for me to prove to myself that I am worth being there. And I was a vessel for him to humble himself. You know, his game, his game changed over the years. He tried to evolve into this character that wasn't him. He started trying to follow the Johnny Bananas role and all of this. Like, if we look at earlier Derek, he based his game on on competition, on being the underdog, on going in there and doing what other people couldn't do. And then it started changing. He thought that he needed to be the best in commentary. He thought he needed to be the funniest. He thought it. He thought he needed to be this, this, and this. And then he strayed away from what got him to the dance. And that was him just being a good competitor. And he started focusing on all these things. So I, hopefully I'm the vessel for him to say, like, look, that's not you. That isn't you. Like, you're on here on these interviews. I'm playing an impeccable game. And this like, no, you're not. You're not playing an impeccable game. Like, we're all just sitting here salvating at the mouth at the moment to take you out. We're just not saying it to your face. But you better believe you're about to get taken out. And for him to lose that early in season one, to not even make it halfway on season two, you think that would have been enough to humble him. But it wasn't. It wasn't. So that's what I was there for. He needed that dog walk. He's my little baby hands. I was like, this little baby body man. Like, like, do you know what these hands would do to you and regular like I'm so glad we got the poll. Now you got to see. I just I showed you these baby hands and yes they are baby hands i'm at 40 percent. imagine when i'm at 60 percent of my best like i don't even have a core right now i'm working with a personal trainer i don't even have a core you know what i'm saying like i didn't i've never even worked core my whole life like, I don't even, so like, i'm beating i'm beating top competitors i don't have a core my leg muscles suck my tibia sucks like there's a lot of things that i am not good at right now in my body that i'm working on so it's like it's going to be a very, very dangerous place for these people. <laughs> when, when I start to get to 60 or 70 percent, like it's going, I'm going to be my goal is, is is for the minorities out there and for the minority fans. My goal is that for the minorities, we don't have a lot of different faces and different characters for us to draw to when it comes to the other ones. You got a CT character. You have a Jordan character. You have a West character. You have a Johnny Bananas character. All of these are all different characters that different people who relate to different things can find one to gravitate towards. When it comes to minorities, we don't. We have one character, one character and one character only. So my goal is to differentiate us. I'm different than Letarian. Letarian speaks to a different demographic than I do. Me, I'm more like the Jordan. That's that's my character. Go in there break up alliances and beat people physically and put fear in them. That's my character. I'm not Wes and I'm not Johnny. 
So that's my goal is to have different minorities that we can. People may not like my character as a minority, and that's fine. But because I'm not the only black now, you don't have to just like me because there's not enough of us. There's tech now. There's this like he's a different character. So that's why I'm very happy that the show is going in that direction. But my goal is for the minorities to have different faces in the game because we're all so different. We all play so different. And let's get that light shown on that so that minorities have different people to, to root for. You're talking to someone who like. All I want, like if they put if they put any Mexican American on a challenge season, I'm like, well, that I'm I'm on their side. Literally, they can do anything wrong, and I'll be on their side until like they really put themselves in jeopardy. Like I'm just I'm just looking for that person where I could like relate to, and it just you mean a lot to a lot of people, and you're killing mm-hmm. it, man. Well, thank you, man. And honestly, you shouldn't have to wait for that one. There should be six. There should be six, just like the other people have six. You don't have to just like Wes because, no, if you don't like Wes, you could go like Johnny. If you don't like Johnny, you could go like Zach. If you don't yeah. like Zach, you could go like Rogan. You know hey, what I mean? Got, like, you, I hey, got my, hundreds. Hey, my, hey, my guy. My <laughs> you guy. know what I mean? <laughs> like, first off, I love Wes. I'm definitely not picking those other options. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I want everyone. Like, you have hundreds, but you may not have a lot of women characters that you could connect with you know what i mean like so it may not even just be race it could be you may not have a lot there may not be women who speak to you because a lot of the women characters may be kind of put in this box and we definitely don't have strong hispanic representation like give us three or four give us three or four you know equal it where's our indian representation where's our asian representation they throw us one they throw us one here and there there's been challenges where i was the only black person do you understand what that does to your game? First of all, you can't. I can't play the game like everyone else. I can't go on there and do what Wes or Johnny do. You know why? Because I've been put in a, in a situation where I have to represent a group of people because we don't have any other representation. I can't go on here and maybe do this because I have to think about this large group of people out here who have to look to me because they don't have anyone else. Let's yeah. look at All-Stars 3. One black male in the final. One. Once once Darrell left, I'm the only black male left halfway through the game. So I have to think differently when I'm navigating. I can't think just game. I have to think outside of the game. And that's what I learned with the real world and all that stuff is the actions that I do in the game have a bigger effect outside of the game than a lot of the other characters. And it's a lot of like, I, I thought as, you know, outsider white gal, I find any like... Any black person that's been on a reality show, like, let's talk about, like, Bailey on her season of Big Brother. Mm-hmm. Like, you really have to sort of, like, tone yourself down so you're not mm-hmm. the, like, aggressive black woman or the aggressive mm-hmm. black man. And, you know, other challengers just get to go on there and, like, sorry, Wes, but, like, pour soda all over someone's head. I would be canceled. I didn't forget that. Yeah, you would have immediately. I would canceled. If I talked to a woman the way Zach talked to John A. Or anyone. If I talk to a woman the way that Johnny talked to a woman, if I call a woman a stupid bee, if I was making women cry, if I was targeting women, do you know? I called in Derek and I called in uh, Ryan, not because they were gay, but because they were partying. They were waking up. They were drinking all night. 
So I looked at them like, okay, I got Darrell who's running laps every day. I got MJ who's running laps. I got Derek who's out here doing CrossFit. And then I got Ryan and Derek right now. And they're waking up. They got sunglasses on. Ryan's waking up with a cigarette. Hmm. <laughs> these might be, these two had nothing to do with sexuality. But do you know the backlash that I got? Because like homophobic and stuff. I don't see titles like y'all are the ones who call them gay. I think that a sexual preference shouldn't have a title. Y'all put that box on them. Y'all use the term gay. I don't. I'll call them human beings. I'll call them competitors. Who's the weakest competitors right now? These two. Why? Because they're not training. They didn't train before coming here. They're not taking it serious. I don't care who they're sleeping with or what they prefer to sleep with. I don't give a fuck. It means nothing. But right now, you see no one was calling in Tyler. Why? Because he's a beast. Has nothing to do with orientation. So I've transcended these. That's why I don't say I'm vegan. That's why I don't say this. I've transcended these these boxes that society tries to put us in because these boxes cause us to be separate. If I am a black male and you are a gay male and you're white, all of a sudden, because these titles, we are different. But in reality, we're not. We are all reflections of ourselves. And because of the titles that society has put on us, it allows us to look at people as different when actually, no, every person you meet is a reflection of you. Break those titles down. I don't care who Ryan's sleeping with. Work out. He didn't. You're coming in with me. First elimination. I'm taking you out. I'm not going to try to go against the top person. I'm playing a smart game. So we have bigger. I have bigger. I can't do what other people can do on the show, but that's because we have to get past these titles. We have to get past all these boxes. We have to get past the society norms. And that's what I stand for. And I take a lot of backlash for it, but it's only because my thinking is way ahead of its time, way ahead of its time. So I have to take all the stuff that comes along with it, like being weird and being this. And then 10 years later, people are like, oh, that's what he was doing. It all makes sense now. Hmm. That's what they did to like Arissa. I thought that that was like such garbage all the time. They were like, oh, she's just like weird and like meditating or like doing yoga or she's just like spiritual. Okay, how does how does that affect your day so much? (laughs) You need to bring that up. (laughs) It's it's not hurting you. It's not hurting anyone else. And they don't ask questions. Right. If someone's doing something that may be different, I'm going to ask the question, hey, what's that you're doing? And what you're going to find is that people are very nice. Arissa may have been like, if anyone would have asked me, there's a couple of people asked me about the meditation on Duel 2. But then when I did Reiki on uh, on All Stars 2, and then I was doing it on Melinda, and then Janelle got interested, and then John A got interested, and then Casey got interested, that's how it happened. They didn't look at me like I was crazy, like, oh, what are you doing? Can I try? So that's the reason why we got a whole different dynamic and we got to see people come out of their shells. And and that's the reason why I, I really, really love all stars. This interview did not go in directions I expected, but it's been a <laughs> it's been a hell of a time. man. Uh, Where do you think it was going to go? I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> but it's got definitely not the chingy direction. <laughs> <laughs> It's and it's my fault. I don't oh, think that um fantastic. I, I don't think that um it's not until people sit and talk with me that they realize what I'm about. You know? It's not until like you start and it's like five minutes in, you're like, oh, this is different. Ten minutes and you're like, oh wait a minute, this is different. Because it's like 
I'm sharing airtime with 20 something competitors and they have to be able to get everyone's storyline, a fraction of everyone. So it's like you don't ever see any of this, you know, and it's not by anyone's fault. It's just of the platform, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I, I welcome all of all. I, I love this. Like the energy that we're having. This is I love this and I appreciate what y'all are doing. I'm in the top percentile of your fans, man. Like I, I know some deep details. That I even mentioned in this podcast, but like, give me one. Okay, I'm trying to set you up for an Exodus three season. <laughs> you and Sarah Rice. Oh shite! <laughs> that got you, didn't it? You're like, what's his name? Nardwar. Nardwar, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. What, <laughs> that's what I felt like on this podcast. <laughs> Was it the Canadian thing? Was yeah, the it was your first question no, about be, the music I'll, industry. I'll be real. Like, I go on a Nardwar, like, YouTube binge every two years where I just see what his new stuff has been. Uh. Love, that <laughs> Love that, man. Oh, man. Yeah, me and Sarah Rice. Um, this is what I have to say about the women that I've been involved with on the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> to my defense... I've never watched them on TV. So when I meet them, I'm just meeting them. I have no idea what their past was. I have no idea what type of players they are. So sometimes I get caught up in shit that I probably shouldn't get caught up in, which is why now I'm doing my due diligence and I study things and I watch the show and I love it. But I can tell you that there's been there's been some times where I kind of wish I would have uh, Research some people's history <laughs> before, let's, before let's get getting Alex involved. Let's get Alex to send you some notes. I'm sure he's got like a spreadsheet. Dude, I'm coming for you. You guys got to play. <laughs> I'm letting you play matchmaker for me. Like you, you pro- since you know me so well, you probably know who I would match up with. But I can tell you that me and Sarah That's actually actually were partners. No one knows this. Me and Sarah were partners. Do you guys remember when they did the Universal Studios challenge where it was just that one off thing where I think Zach did it before and they had like four challengers. We compete on Universal Studios back lot. And it's just is, like promo type. Is deal. this the one that didn't get aired? Wow. We were partners. Me and Sarah were partners ah. and we went against Devin and Davon. I know. <laughs> I know. What a we need that footage. That people mention that yeah. all the time. We need that footage that I'm just saying you and Sarah Rice, I mean two time champion, one of the best players in challenge history. Y'all would kill any swim, y'all would kill any puzzle. She's a great eater, so she can eat the meat for you. Mm-hmm. Uh you can lift that weight. You could, that's a championship for you. Like that's that's her third championship. That's your second chip right there. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Look at I mean it would be Besides the dynamic, it would be probably similar to her and Jordan. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think it would be. And they were they were a tough team to beat. All right. They we got to. Yeah. We're wrapping up here. Uh, plug anything you can and just really thank you for coming on this podcast, my guy. Thank, thank you. So um, th- first of all, I want to thank y'all, um, Caffeine Confessionals, for doing this. I appreciate y'all, Alan and Nikki. It means a lot to me. Uh, two, I want to promote that I am um, DJing again. And you guys are going to start seeing me. I'm just, I, I was away from music for a while, but I have to come back to my love. And I've been doing all private stuff and I don't advertise it. But I will be DJing again. And three, 
anyone who is in a bad situation in life, uh, who's looking to get a change, I do work with a company here in Kansas City where we do offer uh, free uh, tech training uh, to people who are looking to better their lives, better their career, um, whether they're low income, whatever the case may be. I do help to uh, get people into the tech industry and the tech world by getting them connected with federal grants, um, local funding and all of that. So that's what I do to give back um, to help people uh, just get into a better position in life. So those are the three things that I am pushing right now. Love it. It's been a fantastic time. This has been Nehemiah Clark, Challenge Champion, DJ, Walker of Dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Of miniature pinchers, we'll call Derek. (laughs) Have a great day, everyone. Peace.